All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. Okay, Mr. Davis, how about a good helping of tech gumbo today? I'm excited. Start off like we love to do with news and updates. appears that the Justice Department is going to try and go after Google so this is part of an ongoing effort from the Justice Department. They are really trying to take swings at big tech here. We've talked in recent months about the efforts to block Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. And this uh, lawsuit now the Justice Department filing is alleging that Google engaged in monopolistic practices whenever it made deals with Apple, with Samsung, with Firefox, with Mozilla, in order to be the exclusive search engine on those platforms. The case is called U.S. et al. versus Google. And this is the first time in the modern internet era where the the government is, is actually taking one of these giant tech companies to court over a monopolistic practices. And... Looking at it from a non-legal perspective, as we've said many times, neither of us are lawyers, but you just look at this and wonder, why are we wasting taxpayer dollars here? This does not feel like the swing that I would take. There's a couple of things here. One of them is that this is Google's core business practice, that they are, at their heart, a search engine company. Now, they've become an advertising company. That's how they make a profit. But the thing which they built themselves on was being really, really good at being a search engine. Everything else is an outgrowth of that. And so, therefore, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me if you're going to go after Google for being a monopoly, being too sprawling or too all-encompassing, for going after their search engine platform. That feels like the least monopolistic thing that they do and making deals with other companies to be an exclusive search engine provider feels like pretty par for the course. The fact that Google has 90% market share just in the US, 91% worldwide of search engine usage. Google is a verb and everybody does it. How many times a day do you use the phrase, well, just Google it? And to have the Justice Department upset because Google has 90% of the market share, does Google have to turn off 50% of their market share somehow to make the Justice Department happy? 
That's a good question is that I don't know what the resolution for this would be. Is that you can't put the genie back in the bottle on this one. You can't make Microsoft Bing a better product. And to, to kind of frame this a different way, one thing which you could go after Google very easily for would be something like whenever they bought Waze. It was you had Google Maps to navigate and you had Waze to navigate, but Google went and just absorbed them. And so now it's the same product. That to me looks like a monopoly. Whenever you had Yelp and Yelp had their reviews for restaurants and things like that, and Google had maps and Google just bought Yelp and rolled it in. That feels more like a monopoly to me. And what you could do is you could, if the Justice Department won that case, you could force Google to spin those back out into their own separate companies. And now you've created competition in the marketplace, which is your stated goal here. To say that Google, the search engine company, tried to make itself too much of a search engine company just does not feel like the appropriate step to take here. To go back to what you were talking about, if the if the federal government could somehow force Google to spin off something, if you're Yelp and you're being forced to spin off, don't you just turn around and, and license yourself back to Google because you were making so much money over there anyway? And so what did you, in effect, do by the as the government doing that? There are other things that could happen. If Google was found to be monopolistic in their practices of buying Yelp and Yelp becomes a separate company. Now, maybe they want to go in a different direction. Maybe they do something else. But that's the point is that it's not just something else under the giant Google umbrella. And that's that is where I think you could start to pick at these tech giants. The fact that they are all encompassing the fact that they do so many things in the modern tech landscape across the internet, because that's one of the things that people have talked about going after Amazon for. The fact that Amazon has so many things underneath it. The fact that Microsoft has so many things underneath it. That's wherever you go after these companies, that they're not just one company, they're actually 20 companies, and they're all just you know, bundled together. That's my, again, not legalistic perspective, but that's how a lot of these companies have stifled innovation is that some new startup comes along and they just get gobbled. And in a lot of cases, that's the goal is you create a startup and have your startup get gobbled. That's what we should be going after if we were trying to actually cause change. I just don't see this working. The amazing thing about this is the Justice Department is using antitrust laws that were written in the 1890s. These laws were written to break up sugar and steel mills and railroads and those kinds of things. They were never written to break up a tech giant like Google. So you've got a law that's 130 years old is what the Justice Department is using to go after Google. I, I, we are looking through some different stories to see what the argument is. And just none of them seem compelling. The case is supposed to start here not too far away. Maybe once it gets underway, you know, it's only supposed to take about 10 weeks. So we should have a resolution by the end of the year on this case. But, man, I would be really surprised if there's a major finding here or there's some large shift in the balance of power. 
because also there are costs to failure for the Justice Department, not just taxpayer dollars, but also you're going to set precedent here. The fact that if you take the swing and miss, that's going to create case law that Google in the future will say, no, the justices ruled that we were operating legally here as as a tech giant. And so that's going to be really hard to regulate them in the future. Which will also make it easy for other tech giants to say, look at the ruling that y'all that you created over there. We're good. We'll, we'll y'all have a nice day. Go play with your law, your lawsuits somewhere else. Exactly. We we are already absolutely struggling to regulate these tech giants, and a, a miss here will set us even further backwards somehow. Well, moving along, not to get too far away from the the law bumping up against technology in the state of Texas, where they had passed a, a law very similar to Louisiana and, and, and 14, 15 other states that said if you're going to go to a porn site, you have to register and put in your date of birth and prove your date of birth. Well, that has now been ruled unconstitutional. Yes. Uh, a judge found that this was a violation of the First Amendment rights. The fact that the government was requiring you to prove your age in order to verify that you could legally access this material. And this makes much more sense to me that it was framed as a First Amendment issue, a freedom of speech. And okay, I get why you were able to go after this regulation in this way. And this is interesting to see how this spills out forward from here. The judge actually said the court agrees that the state has a legitimate goal in protecting children from sexually explicit material online. But the goal, however crucial, does not negate the court's burden to ensure that the laws passed in its pursuit comport with established First Amendment doctrine. That's so on point because in the show, we're not advocating pornography at all, but we are talking about using technology and using technology legally and regulating technology in ways that things don't get so out of control in any of the other directions. Here's this, the courts coming back and saying, wait a minute, you, you crossed the line here because we have this thing called the Constitution. Right, because the, the court said there are viable and constitutional means to achieve Texas's goal and that this is not that that there are other ways for the state of Texas to prevent children from accessing pornographic materials that would not violate the First Amendment rights of legal adults. And that is a very healthy place to be, to say that this is, you're doing something which we think is noble, but you have to follow the right means, that we are not an ends justified country, we are, you have to do it the right way, because if you do it the wrong way, you end up in bad places. And so this is a, a ruling which makes a lot of sense. And I am very curious to see how many other states this law gets challenged in as well. I would imagine most of them. Moving along again, Facebook and Instagram are trying to skirt the European Union's GDPR. I would, wouldn't quite call it skirting here. So the problem that they run into is that their business model is just built on hoovering up data and then selling ads. 
Well, that runs headlong into the GDPR because they have data protection rights for their citizens over there. And so instead, they're offering a paid version wherever Facebook just doesn't have to collect any of that data. You pay the subscription fee and Facebook promises not to collect any of your data. In addition to the GDPR, they also passed the Digital Services Act, just recently went into effect. The GDPR has been around for five or six years now. The Digital Services Act would require companies like Meta to offer a content feed that does not use people's personal information for customizations. The DMA would force big tech companies to make changes to encourage competition. Yeah, I like the idea of having a paid version of whatever service it is so that if I don't want to see ads, if I don't want you to sit there and collect everything that you can about me, I can opt into a different process. That, as a business model, we know that that works. A subscription-based service that doesn't have ads exists in so many places on the internet. And so then the question is now up to the individual. It says, okay, is it worth it for me to scroll through Instagram with zero ads on it? You know, is it five bucks a month? Is it 10 bucks a month? Whatever they want to charge. But now at least I have the option to do that. Yeah, so how much would you would you be willing to pay for Facebook or for Instagram? I mean, is it five bucks? Is it 20 bucks? I mean, at what level would they be profitable as well? I think that would be a fascinating question because if Facebook says, oh, in order for us to charge you the amount of money that we're making off of you to break even, the subscription is 20 bucks a month. Well, now all of a sudden I sit there and say, okay, I've had my Facebook accounts for 15 years now. At 12 months in a year, that's 180 months at 20 bucks a month. Boy, you start to see how much money that Facebook has made off of me. That would be $3,600 for you. You start to say, wow, that is how much money that Facebook has made. If it's 20 bucks a month, you know, if it's 10 bucks a month, that's $1,800. Still, Facebook's made a lot of money off of me over the course of my account existence. That raises a whole nother question about how valuable am I to them and how much should they be com compensating me for? What am I actually getting about this? And I think having these things be more explicit, having the average person be able to actually understand how valuable they are to these companies would really shift the balance of power, in my opinion. Oh, I think that that would be it would be shocking to people to know that Facebook has been collecting your information and selling your ads. If you're a heavy user on Facebook, if you're there every day posting pictures and they can sell more and more ads to you, Instagram, you're just loading up all the pictures. And if you're worth five bucks a day to these advertisers, five bucks a day times 30. Now you're now you're $150 a month. That that feels a little higher. My guess is that the number that they actually profit is probably somewhere in the one to $2 a month range. But oh, I would is, think it's maybe a dollar a day. No, I would I would think it's more more on a daily because when you're sitting there telling me I've got targeted advertising specific to you because I know what you're looking for. 
when you're advertising on a TV or a, a radio broadcast and you're hoping you're spending a lot of money to hope somebody catches those ads as opposed to here, I know you're looking for this. Now that ad is worth so much more. I would think this is this is on the on the high side of what, what it would be worth. It would be fascinating to have that data become public. Oh, wouldn't it, though? You really get to see the inside of, of how that sausage looks. And I think it would really upset a lot of people. <laughs> Speaking of seeing how the sausage is made and it's going to upset a lot of people, the Mozilla Foundation recently looked at data privacy with respect to your car. And they found that modern cars are a privacy nightmare, is the exact quote. And they compared them to the makers of sex toys and mental health apps. This is just horrible. 25 car brands were researched, including Ford, Toyota, Volkswagen, BMW, and Tesla, failed to meet the nonprofit organization's minimum privacy standards and were found to collect more personal data from customers than anybody should have to do. And they also really did not meet standards regarding cybersecurity. The Mozilla said that it could not confirm that any of the automakers could meet minimum security standards regarding data encryption and protection against theft, which means that they're collecting all this data and they're not putting it into a vault or a chest somewhere. They're just leaving it lying on the ground because no one's ever opened this box before. No one's regulating any of this. And so all of this data that's being collected is just out there because these aren't data companies. They're car companies who are trying to also do data. 84% of the reviewed car brands share personal user data with service providers, data brokers, and potentially sketchy businesses, according to the report that came from the Mozilla Foundation, with 76% claiming the right to sell the personal data. This is really fascinating because of just how over the top it is, basically. And Mozilla even says that normally when it makes recommendations, it, it says, you know, oh, users should do more to protect their privacy and things like that. But they said that this is so bad that their normal recommendations are a tiny drop in a massive bucket. And they've actually started a petition urging car companies to stop collecting this data because no one's aware of how bad this has been. Mozilla is saying that this is so beyond the pale, we have to do something differently. You know, what's really amazing is I don't ever remember checking a box for the terms and conditions for my Ford pickup truck to collect data on me. I mean, I do remember checking that box when Facebook, when, when Twitter accounts were started and things like that. The checkbox to allow automobile companies to use and sell, scrape and sell my data? Really? It is really interesting. Is that buried somewhere whenever you sign the, the paperwork to buy the vehicle? Is it that because this is just a different type of product, it's not regulated? And so you never have to be explicitly asked for your consent for this type of data? 
this is a, a just whole new field that we're entering into. And my guess is that the Mozilla team is sitting here and looking at how atrocious the car industry is. And they're going to start looking at other industries and really realizing that they are just as bad. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.